Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. GameStop's uphill battle is the title of today's presentation. If you're somebody that's holding GME stock or thinking about holding GME stock, perhaps you've gone and joined in the group wank on Twitter about how GameStop stock is heading to the moon and all that other rubbish, this is a presentation that you're going to want to watch because it dissects the business and looks at the intrinsic value of the company as opposed to the stock. So what does GameStop do? Well, they sell hardware and accessories, so controllers, gaming headsets, virtual reality products, things like that. So they're a reseller of products that other people build. A software, they offer new and pre-owned gaming software. Uh, this would be for downloadable content and, of course, the discs and whatnot that go into consoles, though that's all moving towards the cloud. And what distinguishes GameStop is all the stores that they have. So this was taken from their last SEC filing. We've noted the states where they have more than 100 stores. There you can see about 3,000 stores in the United States and then about half that number in various places across the globe, Canada, Australia, and Europe. The problem is that brick-and-mortar stores aren't aligning very well with trends in the global video game industry. So things like virtual reality and the metaverse, certainly you have VR hardware that hasn't been selling very well, but you also have this notion of a metaverse where people will interact in a virtual world. You have esports. This is when gaming becomes a profession. You have the explosion of mobile gaming. And almost all the big players in the video game business right now offer games through cloud-based subscription services. So, so much for going into the GameStop store and shopping for games. What do any of these trends have to do with bricks and mortar stores? Nothing really. And there's additional problems in the United States. So retail in the United States has become a very difficult space to operate in, especially when you consider that consoles and games and things like that can be easily taken to pawn shops and hocked for some quick cash. You can see that GameStop has a robbery problem. So there's some recent articles, nearly 30 GameStop stores across the United States were robbed in the past three months. So they're having to deal with that mess. Now, when you look at the company's plan to deal with the trends that are going against their business model, this was taken from a presentation back in 2020. It's the most recent presentation we could find. They talk about closing approximately 800 stores worldwide, moving out of areas of the world that aren't profitable. So they're cutting costs, improving liquidity, basically trying to stabilize their business and then transform it into something else. As you would expect, this is what their revenues look like. So if you're an investor who sees potential in this business, these numbers are moving in the wrong direction. And when you take a look at their most recent numbers, you can see here, there's the breakdown of the three things they sell, hardware and accessories, software, collectibles. You can see that over the past 39 weeks uh, of or the th uh, first three quarters of last year compared to the prior period, revenues are down. So um, when you look at these trends, you can see here their operating losses, sales are declining, cost of goods sold is increasing. 
That's their gross margin, which is declining from 26% to 24%. And SGNA is increasing. So all the trends are moving in the wrong direction. They have a billion dollars to try to do something. Uh, throwing good money after bad is never a good idea. What's their strategy? Well, there's a problem there too. There's an investor relations gap. This company counts on all the cheerleaders on Twitter to propel the stock forward so they don't have to produce updated investor decks. There's no quarterly earnings deck. There's an annual report, which is a one-pager with the 10K tacked on. That's uh, pretty lazy. Uh, the talking points in this 2021 report, the, la the last bit of update, they talk about refocusing the organization around a singular, singular mission to delight customers. Yeah, that's always a good thing to say. But what does it actually mean for revenue? So they want to insert GameStop into the blockchain gaming and crypto worlds. Of course, that's what every failing business does. They try to pivot into some of the latest trends. And you also see that these days, companies getting involved in blockchain and NFTs and stuff like that, everybody's doing it. So there's nothing special about their intent there. They want to continue to make pragmatic investments with the billion dollars they have to modernize their infrastructure, expand their addressable market and grow their customer base. How they plan to do that remains, seen, remains to be seen because the revenues are certainly not growing right now. And then this bit, leadership will not compromise when it comes to being maniacally focused on the long term. Oh, that's great. That's what we expect. So when you're looking at this stock, you're probably a speculator because there's nothing about this business that's appealing from a growth investor's perspective or a value investor. This company is having to reinvent itself. The volatility is through the roof now because you have a bunch of cheerleaders on Twitter that are messing around with it. So if you don't have a position and you think there's some bargain to be had here, there isn't. And we'll show you why in a second. If you're somebody who's holding the bag with diamond hands and smoking the hopium, just be aware that you're, you're holding a very volatile stock that's being manipulated left and right by cheerleaders. And if you're stupid enough to short any company, then you deserve to get what's coming to you. Now, when you look at the historical performance of GameStop against its benchmark, you can see that it's up somewhere around 300% compared to a benchmark return of 14.5%, which is the New York Stock Exchange, which it trades on. So it's still significantly overvalued. There's no growth potential for this company that merits such a premium performance over the benchmark. So what you see here, this giant spike right in the middle of the chart here is a short squeeze that took place that was fueled by a retail herd of speculators who think for whatever reason they're going to just keep doing that ad infinitum and making loads of money off of this uh, this company that they're manipulating, what they fail, fail to realize is this notion of intrinsic value and that ultimately the share price will always revert to the mean. You're not going to stick it to the man. You're the one that's going to be left holding the bag. There's no growth story here to justify this inflated share price. And the existence of cheerleaders adds to the volatility. When you look at what's happened recently in the meme stock world and the more sophisticated pump and dumps that are happening. This is an article by um, Motherboard that talks about how a set of influ influencers, quote unquote influencers on Twitter had um, 
bilked their 1.5 million followers out of about $100 million in fraudulent profits, and they're now uh, in the court system, and uh, they're going to have to face charges for that. So meme stocks versus pump and dumps. Uh, GameStop is a meme stock. What's the difference? Well, pump and dumps typically operate at a much lower scale. So over-the-counter companies like one we just covered, GTII, which had so many cheerleaders coming out of the woodwork. It was incredible just how many people are manipulating that firm. Small, low-float companies, these are easily manipulated. The emergence of social media has led to more coordinated efforts on much larger companies, which is what you're seeing here. And also, um, other firms, other you know, Bed Bath & Beyond would be another example. Uh, these are actual businesses and typically, the business needs to be in a decline to attract short interest. And then for whatever reason, these individuals think that their uh, coordinated efforts to manipulate the prices of these shares, which are more or less pump and dumps and they're illegal, are a good idea. So again, you see stock promoters that are being indicted, which is great to see. The best thing to do is just don't get involved in this junk. Use this as an opportunity to change your mindset from being a speculator, smoking the hopium to somebody who's an investor and invests for the future, getting wealth, accumulating wealth is a long, slow, boring process. And guess what? Anytime someone says they're democratizing access to wealth, they're the ones benefiting. So you need to pay very close attention to individuals and firms that talk about that. Stop throwing good money after bad. Avoid companies trying to reinvent themselves. You don't need to pay for their um, hopeful uh, attempts at reinventing a business that they failed to shift in time. Always start by examining the bigger picture, the bigger thesis. Separate the stock from the underlying company. So I've put up another video here on the dangers of meme stocks. But before you watch that, please click the Nanalyze logo here on the right. Subscribe to our channel. Thanks for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.